Hi, this is Jackie Miller, your host of this podcast, Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. Okay, we all know that when it comes to parenting and high-conflict divorce or custody battles, this can be one of the most challenging situations both during and after. I have Jen Degatano from Rooted Elm Coaching joining me on this episode. Jen is not only a certified high-conflict divorce coach, she is also a certified parenting coach and has over 20 years of experience as an educator. Jen is here to give us her advice and guidance on how to navigate the unique challenges of parenting in high-conflict situations with tenacity and grace. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. Thanks so much for having me. I'm um, really excited that you're here today because you and I are colleagues, but you have a very special niche with your practice that I think a lot of folks could benefit hearing from and and hiring you for <laughs> um, should their need arise. But I want to tell everyone a little bit more about you and, and you chime in as well before we get started because you also have um, a certification from High Conflict Divorce Coach Certification Program and also a certified parenting coach, correct? Yes, I'm a PCI certified parent coach. Awesome. And that's the aspect of your practice that I really wanted to bring you on for today because parenting in high conflict divorce situations or during and after is so difficult. And it's just different than any other parenting situation you can possibly imagine. It is. I mean, there's challenges in all parenting, but this is a whole different world. It is a whole different world. So you have an extensive background in teaching, first of all, right? How many years were you teaching? 20 years. Wow. Okay. And you also teach music. Is that correct? I do. Wow. Okay. I still you have-, have some students now too. Boy, you do it all. Jack of all trades. Um, <laughs> but I know that you are just really sensitive to the needs of single parents and parents going through separation and divorce and who share custody of their children and all the challenges that come along with that. And so it just make, makes you especially qualified to talk on this topic today that is so important. Um, I know you also work with mothers from local um, shelters, domestic violence. I do. So actually it started before I got my high conflict divorce coach certification, I was getting the PCI um, parent coach certification and there's a hundred hour practicum involved. And I decided that even while doing that, I wanted to start offering those services to women who were utilizing services at local domestic violence shelters, because I really wanted to focus my parent coaching on single parents. I started that way and and we still kind of work together here and there to make sure that they know that I'm a resource that they can reach out to. That's awesome. And it's really important that what you just mentioned about the hundred hours required, People may not know this, but there are a lot of certifications out there that are a little bit fly by night. And that is an incredible certification to have with that much experience and studying and whatnot. The PCI certification was literally like getting a second master's degree for me. It was so much research, such great instructors. Like it was, it was a really great experience. I think for anyone who works with families, but like you dive in and you really get in and you really do it. And it's a, it's a wonderful certification program if anybody's looking. And so would you mind sharing with us, Jen, how, what your journey was a little bit as, as much or as little as you want to get into, but how did you end up here and with, with a focus on parenting specifically? I think just taking my experiences as a teacher, as a mom, well, all my life experiences really, and kind of 
the knowledge and expertise I sort of amassed along the way. And it all kind of came together in this way for me to really help individual families like thoroughly and empathetically. And this is just such a great way to get in there and really help on a deep level and on um, a really personalized basis. And it kind of all happened very serendipitously. Like I was working and then the PCI certification, I was like, yeah. And then the HCDC certification. And I was like, this is all falling together really beautifully as something that I can do to really help families. And it just kind of laid its way out. And that's how I started with Rooted on Coaching. That's awesome. And again, I just love how you have this emphasis because I have clients as well that, you know, as we know, these divorces all take on different personalities. And sometimes the challenges with parenting at some point ends up being the predominant problem or obstacle. And Mm -hmm. so you really need someone with that expertise to help you through it successfully because it's such a challenge. And what are the biggest reasons that you see that people come to you and need help with parenting? Well, I think it really, again, depends on the situation because it can range from just like, for lack of a better term, an an intact, wonderful, happy, beautiful family that's just struggling with maybe having a new baby or, you know, having trouble with potty training or a teenager they feel is using too much technology or video games and really wanting to connect to someone who's in a situation where they are way into the family court system, they're in a custody battle, they're by themselves. And part of all of the coaching, divorce coaching and parent coaching is focus on self-care for the parent because none of us can be the best parent we can be if we're not being the best selves and growing as much as we can in our given situations at any given time. But I think just making sure that, you know, it it really depends. It really depends what their need is, but when they reach out, that just starts that sort of discovery process, right? So whether I'm working with this kind of family or this kind of family, I always start with like, you know, the discovery and they share who they really are, who their kids really are, their wants, their needs, their desires, their hopes, their dreams, their goals. And then we use it to pinpoint their priorities. We talk about challenges. I try to always, you know, frame things in as much gratitude and positivity as we can, but not invalidate feelings because they are valid all the time. But to then pinpoint the priorities, delineate, you know, a little more specific goals that are attainable. And then we spend time just using that to design tools and strategies to help them obtain the goals. And that's basically the process for any situation, it just, you know, grows and molds and changes depending on the individual situation. Sure. And, and so then do you work with a single parent alone or couples? I have worked with couples in um, specific situations um, where it's, you know, like a family that lives together, they're both looking for help. So I have done that. The majority of my clients are single moms um, just because of where my niche is. Um, I do work with single dads. I work with single moms. I work with blended families. I work with, um, Couples, but really most of my clients are single moms who are in a custody uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And and obviously that makes sense with your certifications and whatnot that just came to me to ask you that. I think that, oh my gosh, there's so much to dive in here with the high conflict personality you may be divorcing or in a custody battle with and the parenting. I can think of so many scenarios because you, you said like video games, for instance. So take a child who maybe are already struggling with this problem when the family's intact. And now you have this situation, say video games, you can't get them off. And you put it in a high conflict divorce situation. You have, you know, the one parent you're trying to help. Often what happens as we see, especially post-separation, high conflict parent 
basically exploits those problems or counter parents. Counter parenting, yep. It's really heartbreaking to see and to have to witness. Sometimes we can't control what's happening externally with our children, whether it's like in the world, in school, or with their other parent. There's not every, we can't control everything. So a lot of times we'll focus on how we can help them when they're with us. And that may make positive changes elsewhere as well. I do feel like I need to jump in because I know, you know, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast knows what a high conflict situation is, Sure, but there's always that sort of um, out in the, the world at large that a high conflict divorce or high conflict custody battle, both people are that way. And most times it's one and it only takes one person to be high conflict. And it's, it really causes a lot of distress for the family as a whole, even if they're separate. And I think um, a lot of times I hear people say it takes two to tango, which doesn't make sense, right? Because it takes two to tango to make something work. Mm. It only takes one to destroy something. So like, yeah, it takes two to tango. So yeah, if you want to make this beautiful, amazing, intricate dance work, you need two willing, active participants. But if one of them refuses to dance or worse still, which is the counter pairing, is intentionally trying to like trip the mm. other partner, it will never work. So, yep. you know, we have to work on ways to figure out what we can do in the situation that's going to always be what's best for the child while accepting the things we can't change and changing the things that we can. Thank you so much for bringing that up because, uh, yeah, we can't emphasize that enough, especially our little subculture here that deals uh, with these situations a lot. We know it only takes one party and, and it is one of the frustrating things about being in the family court system is many of the court professionals just look at both parties as the problem. And that's not the case. Oftentimes, our clients would love things to go smoothly and awesome and be cooperative. And it's just not what's happening on the other side. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And you're right. There's just a total lack of control over what the other side is going to do. And so what like words of encouragement do you give people for, you know, when the child comes back to their house and they're trying to reinstate their rules because it's the wild west on the other side, what do you say to them? I think even one of the strategies to put in place is having that space of safety and love for them to enter and kind of even if it's just in your mind giving them this grace period of understanding that they're they are making a huge transition right now to different rules the different home a different space and just kind of having that that awareness to keep yourself super regulated, to keep yourself really in a space of them understanding how much you love and care about them and never, ever speaking badly about what's going on elsewhere. That's not what we do here and move on or however it works best for your situation and kind of just guiding them as carefully as you can. And it's, again, it's so individualized. It's hard to make a blanket statement, but Um, when you're working with the individual, you can say, I know situations where, you know, this was happening and now, and you can show like there, there are these quote unquote, happy endings of like, look how great these children are thriving and they're doing wonderfully. And it's because they had one safe, loving, amazing parent, even if they were the only one, if they have two or blended families of them, that's great but we can't change, we can't change other people. So even if your situation is the fact that you're alone and your ex-partner happens to be abusive or high conflict, it is not a hopeless situation for your children. You can really help them 
just by being you, just by having this safe space for them to flourish. And that is so important to try to remember. I mean, that's the problem is trying to remember, I think, because it is the long game and you Mm -hmm. have to keep trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting the advice, such as those really difficult times when it's hard not to say something disparaging about the other parent. But yeah, it, it is the long game. And so just trusting, you know, I hope this turns around, especially when your child is spewing horrible things to you that are being said on the other side. And keeping that, like, like looking for that deep importance in you and not reacting to the, the immediate situation. I know I do this and I have clients that I've recommended this to like make a little card that has like a little affirmation or something, or, or even just a cute picture or whatever on it. Because we're all humans, we all have emotions, we all get in the day to day and tell your child, like, if there's something you want to tell me, or you're scared, or you're afraid that, you know, I'm not in the mood to hear it, or whatever the situation is, bring me the card. It's such an easy way to have a parent like self regulate immediately going, Oh, she wanted to tell me something, but she thought she thought I'd be upset, even if it's like, I broke this thing. Instead of hiding it, instead of like being like, because you don't know what happens elsewhere. A lot of children get very afraid to make mistakes. And one of the important things to show them in your home is that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. And the more you tell me, the more I can help you is that like, no matter what this child comes to to me with right now, it's got to be complete empathy and compassion and love that goes to this child. And then we figure it out kind of thing. So, you know, having like a little thing or a card or a stuffed animal or whatever works for your family, that's a great way. Cause it's really important to, for us as parents, you, you can't help a dysregulated child if, if you are not emotionally regulated and it can be so hard to not react sometimes, especially like when you said, when they're spewing something or they say something that really is hurtful, you can sometimes say that's hurtful, but it depends on the situation, but really you can't react to them the way someone else might, you need to take a minute and calm down and, and approach it in an age appropriate, but meaningful way that can help focus on positive growth instead of just, this is the fight that's happening right now. And some advice I often give clients is as years go by, your child may not remember the specific things that you did that were positive parenting, but what you basically want them to leave with every time they leave you is just a warm, comforting, loving environment. You want them to leave with a feeling because even if other parent is trying to buy their love and being the Disneyland parent and you know all that stuff that we see happen all the time, eventually they're going to realize that there is sort of a negative toxic environment that they're feeling. And as the years go by, they're going to realize, wow, when I'm at, I'm just going to say mom in this scenario, when I'm at mom's house, I just, I can't put my finger on it, but I'm just, everything's okay. I'm not judged. I'm just loved no matter what I I'm, that's the feeling I have. Cozy and safe and they're allowed to be themselves and they're allowed to feel that way. And that, that, that is, and that's also something that I you know, have my clients do. I'm like, you know, before your kids come back, make the space, something wonderful for them, you know, whether it means cleaning it up or lighting some candles or whatever, whatever is cozy for them. And and they will remember that. And even just, you know, you talked about being a Disneyland parent and that can be difficult because divorce can also be very financially difficult for a lot of people. And in a lot of instances, one parent ends up kind of okay. The other parent ends up not really financially in a great place, but it doesn't have to always stop you from creating these experiences for your children 
that maybe don't cost a lot of money and you can just kind of, you know, and can figure out what those things are by kind of delving in and then making those things happen. So I know people can get discouraged and be like, well, it takes them to the Hamptons and they do this and that. And you're like, you can do something amazing for your kids. And the, the good thing then is to look at the positive spin is they get to have those experiences and they get to have these experiences. So you can always kind of twist it that way too. Absolutely. It, because it is all about mindset. And I do have plenty of examples where one parent went and got the super fancy house and the other parent was left in something not so fancy. And, you know, and the, like you said, the extravagant vacations are happening. And I can tell you time and time again, I've seen kids eventually don't care. I think too, like a part of it is stepping outside of maybe that little bit of hurt where you wish you could do those things with them, but you can't and go, you know what, but here's what I can, because really every, every positive experience that our child has contributes to them growing in a positive way. So I think always kind of having that mindset as well, where it's like, it's okay. That's my feelings. That's not anything to do with my children. So keeping very child centered and, and focusing in on this is a great experience for them. Absolutely. Child centered because I, firmly believe, and I know it to be true, many children lying on the couch with you watching a movie is equally as important as an extravagant trip. And they just want eye contact, right? They want you to listen. They want you to be patient if they're not willing to talk, um, right? And I often will give the advice to the five love languages. There's, I've said this on other podcasts, but they have some for children. I have my kids do it and they came out two different things. Um, one child likes words of affirmation. The other one likes one-on-one time activities. And so it was just kind of a fun thing to do to find out what speaks love to them. But those are easy, free things to do mm-hmm. that, that mean a lot to them. And even just knowing how, if you have more than one child, respecting both of their wants and needs and what they do prefer goes such a long way because they, they recognize you doing the thing. Like, even if it's like your son loves to build Legos and you're not a big fan of building Legos and they're little and they need a little help. You're like, yes, I will build Legos with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, any little thing, they know that you're doing it because they love it. And you, you know what, if they're, the connection is there, you end up loving the experience too. Yeah. So let's go back to some of the challenging situations as a parenting coach. What do you say to people when they come to you and say, here, fix my kid? I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> oh, I mean, first, just, just right now, I want to say, like, your kid's not broken, right? Yeah, we don't need to fix anything. Everything's fine. It, it can be a little too easy to sometimes look at something as a problem that needs to be fixed rather than a, a way to approach it to make a, a meaningful change because, you know, and I'm, I'm talking kids of all ages. So like, you know, when we're talking about little ones, Sometimes it's, that's my cat meowing. If you can hear that. <laughs> I love it. I've got dogs. You've got cats. This is real world people. <laughs> my dog is on my, my one dog's on my lap. I don't know why the cat is bothering me right now. So I apologize. Um, but whether it's like, I think with little kids, a lot of times it's easy to forget that they are little, but they're humans just like us that have the same wants, needs, challenges, emotions, desires. So approaching it with a more empathetic and compassionate and supportive mindset. That being said, for any age, like, yes, empathy, but balance, because you don't, you don't want to be all empathy and no boundaries. You want to make sure you're practicing empathy with boundaries, because there are things no human should do. And that includes 
your children. Like if it's something that's hurt, really hurtful or really inappropriate, you know, like understand where they're coming from and then be like, but this is, we don't do this. Like, this is not acceptable. This is where this stops. And I think a lot of times for the older children, you know, teens, they can look like grownups and it's very easy to forget that they are children and whether they say it or not, or even know it or not, they still need our guidance and support. So, and it can be particularly hard when, you know, a child, your child is is yelling at you or saying something, but just all those same kind of strategies. And that's where we work one-on-one to find out what will work best for you and your specific child in your specific situation. And, you know, there's no magic fix. There's no magic immediate I have a problem. I want it like this. Well, first of all, you, you're a parent and that's great to want a certain thing, but like, this is also a human with autonomy and, and individual traits and things like that. So let's figure out what's best for everybody and then just kind of grow from there. So you're not going to have a day where you might have a challenge and the next day it disappears, but you will start to see immediate changes and the energy of the house starts to change. Like if you start focusing on this sort of way to do things, wherever you're focusing that energy, that's what's going to grow in a positive way, right? So if you're focusing on the problem, that's your energy is going into the mindset and the thought of this problem. If you're focusing on growth and you're focusing on how to move forward in a positive way, that's what's going to grow and that's what's going to evolve. And that's kind of where I do work with parents as well. I love that. And we, cause we touched on that earlier and I'm sure that that advice applies here, but can you elaborate a little more on situations where child comes back and from the other parent's house? And I would say like, you feel like they need deprogramming. And I know you, you kind of alluded to earlier, giving them space or whatnot, but can you speak more to that? I think, and like I said, like having this sort of grace period of like even 24 hours or more to, to reset their mind and their body to, to being with you, to being in that situation, um, and being constantly cognizant of it and just providing, and like you said, providing a space to walk into where it's almost like you can see the, you know, like they walk through the door and it's cozy and it's calm and it's loving and, oh no, somebody tripped and stubbed their toe and something broke and everybody's upset. And you're like, it's okay. We clean it up. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, oh, she's not mad. Like any little thing that's just reinforcement of what the space is, is going to help them transition. And, you know, I, it never hurts to get the good night's sleep, to have the, the routine, no matter how old they are, to have the routine of like, this is when we, we start settling down, whether it's, this is where we start singing in stories, or this is where, you know, video games go away completely or tech goes away and we start winding down no matter how old you are, like whatever your situation is, just getting them back into even the routine of being with you or even sometimes scheduling a little fun outing. It really depends on your child. But I think literally it's almost like the things we do as they come back, help them transition. Absolutely. Great advice. And I wanted to also, um, alert people to the fact that, first of all, I I am remiss that I did not mention Jen's um, website or practice name, which is Rooted Elm Coaching, correct? So uh, you can go to rootedelmcoaching.com to see more about Jen, but you currently have a workshop going on that is about going back to school, correct? Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So I put it together um, this summer and just like I said, took 
all my experiences and information as a teacher, mom, coach, and put together, it's an individualized one-on-one -on -one workshop because it works best that way. Um, 75 minutes and we, we sit down and literally lay out a personalized plan because it can be very, it can be a stressful time. It can be an additionally stressful time. So having everything kind of laid out and, and planned so that as you go in, it's just like, here you go. And it, it depends on, again, age, you know, it's going to be different for a child going into high school and a child going into kindergarten, which is why I meet one-on-one -on -one and we kind of go back and forth. Every district is different. Every school is different. So kind of figuring out what's best for your specific situation, because you also want to make it easy for your child's teacher and school. Make sure they have information, not too much information, just what they need to know and lay everything out. And of course, I also added in affirmations for every step of the way, because awesome. I think it's so important. You don't have to do everything in a day. That's why I do it a little earlier. So you can, and a little checklist, I provide a checklist to everybody and then you can personalize it at the end. So here's the things that we know you're going to have to do here. Let's, while we're in our workshop together, let's lay out the other things on your checklist. And sometimes it's just doing one thing a week for a while or one thing every couple days and making sure you're in a comfortable space and, and planning everything out so that there's the least amount of like friction for okay. the child because there can be that situation like who's taking the child the first day of school? How are we going to ensure that all the supplies get to ah. the parent, to the school, to wherever? What about personal items? What about equipment? What about musical instruments? Like these are things to think about ahead of time because you don't ever want the child feeling burdened by having to figure out whose house this goes to, where this goes, how this is going to work. So just some things to kind of just really brainstorm about, figure out what works best for you and, and your co-parent, and then laying it all out. So literally you can just kind of ease into the school year and it's just a nice, easy transition. And if things pop up along the way, a lot of it you've already thought about, you may have already reached out about, and it's not going to be this big, oh my gosh, I have to immediately figure out what to do about this. And maybe your kids are with you and maybe they're not, and maybe it's harder to do that when they're not with you or when, you know, so it's just a way to, to kind of ease into the school year. That's so important because I hadn't even thought about the fact that like, who's going to take them to school the first day, but these things come up and they turn into battles, especially when there's still an ongoing custody, you know, battle situation. So that is very important that I remember being a volunteer parent also in class before my divorce, but, and noticing the kid with the two envelopes that one goes to mom and one goes to dad, but those are things you have to think about ahead of time to avoid conflicts and I, it would be great to work with you and say, my situation is X, Y, Z, and my ex's personality is X, Y, Z. This is what I anticipate being an issue. You know, can we work through how to plan around that so that I'm not dealing with this all year? Yep. And preparation doesn't always mean like just having the, the medical form that needs to go to school ready. It also means being prepared for what's going to come your way and making sure it can be resolved in as easy as possible way awesome for the best of everybody involved so that is part of the part of the preparation is like ah this and and also making sure that the school has the custody agreement on file and then i uh, you know and who to give that to or who to contact to find out who to give that to um and then i also offer it's mostly for elementary age is just like a very straightforward it's broken down by month and then each week and each day specifically for the school year. So this year it's already broken down into the 2022-23 school year of each month, week, 
you know, each page is a month so that the classroom teacher will have that. You just put in what the custodial parent schedule is on there because schools have a lot on their plate already. And if there's a situation, they don't want to have to go digging through a custody agreement. They're hard to read. And this is just, and you always are going to copy your co-parent on an email to the school, include this in that email. And then it's there, it's checked, it's right. And then if there's a question or, you know, the kids in kindergarten and for dad, they take the bus and for mom, they get picked up at walkers, Good point. you know, they know, oh, where do I send this child today? Are they walker or they go to the bus? And it's just an easy, quick transition in. So they could just have that out. They put it in the file. They can just pull it out. And yeah. it just makes it, again, easier for their teacher. That's fantastic. Because even years and years ago, I was actually on a list of approved parents that could take a child home. It was in the middle of a custody battle. And so, yeah, there are all sort of scenarios that might come up. And, you know, like you said, the office or a teacher needs to have that handy and ready to go. So thinking about it ahead of time is really important. And so how do people sign up for that or get a hold of you? So, I mean, anybody can email me if they'd like, and it's just Jen at rootedelmcoaching.com, but it's also on my website. So if you go to rootedelmcoaching.com, there's a, on the first page, there's a little button that says schedule your back to school workshop here. There's also a page. If you go to the pages at the top of the website, there's a page for the back to school workshop, which explains it in a little more depth. And there's buttons there to click on. It takes you right to my calendar and you can choose a slot and just schedule with me. Awesome. And so, and I know that you just do free 30 minute consultations anyway, right? So if you're going through a high conflict divorce and you need a coach like you, and especially somebody that's specializing in parenting issues, um, they can go to your website as well. Is that correct? Yep. There's also on each page, a little button that says schedule your free 30 minute discovery session and takes you right to my calendar and you can schedule and, you know, I'll get notified and you're set to go. Awesome. So Jen, Tell me if you had to quick down and dirty, give three pieces of advice to someone going through parenting issues in a high conflict situation, maybe what, what would you say to them? Okay. So if I had to choose three right off the top of my head, I think I'd say like remain really in that deep authenticity, be authentic, be present with your kids when they're with you as much as you possibly can. Don't let worry, steal your joy for those moments with the kids. Yeah. And though it is very difficult to do, but you're right. And I think we all can look back at moments where our head was spinning and we're wrapped with fear or whatever it is. And in your kids saying, trying to talk to you about something. And I think too, and you, I'm sure you can relate to this. So often I think clients think like I'm reaching out to my divorce coach because I have to be in court in this amount of time. And I have to get myself prepared and I have to do this. And I have to do that. But sometimes some of the most powerful sessions are the ones where maybe your head is spinning and you're like, I, I can I schedule a session with you? I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And even just after talking for a little bit, walking through it, getting another perspective, changing your perspective, like getting you out of that space can change like days afterwards. And it changes how you can approach things. So like there are all these different reasons to schedule. And I always say like, don't forget about those moments. Like you can always email me or text me if you're in that space. And if I can fit you in, I will get you in so that you know that you can get out of that space. Even the days that you feel great, call and share it, you know? Yep. Growth yep. happens the more we dive into it. Absolutely. That is really good advice. And speaking of staying on the positive side of things, is there any sort of silver lining or positive words that you have for people going through this? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel or any words of <laughs> encouragement? 
I mean, there are so many instances that, you know, I can point to where I know there were, there were feelings of hopelessness or like you're screaming into a void or something like that. And there's so many families that I know where it was in that space and they were in that space. And I look at them now and they are just, the children are thriving. You know, everything has just, it's almost like a, for lack of a better term, like this happy ending, even though it's not the end, they're in the happy ending, you know, Mm. and it's all cyclical and things like that. But those sharing, being able to share those stories and it's calm and it's peaceful and it's loving and it's lovely. Like it does happen. And it it's so beneficial for your child to have you as a, as a safe and positive and loving parent all the time. It really makes a difference. Like I said, you may not see it today, mm-hmm. but you're going to slowly see. And then someday you're going to look and you're going to go, wow, I can't even remember when it was like that. It does pay off. It does. No and- matter what happens out here. yeah right and we'll deal with that as it comes but once there's that finding of the space of of the parent within the home as well that really has that wonderful feeling absolutely because i think it's so easy to get wrapped up in what if and 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 when they do this and that's going to happen to me and now i think they're doing this and we just have no control and we can only control what's going on in our own mind and tell our story and like you said thinking about the future and instead of dealing with the problem working on the solution that's that's such a great way of just bottom lining it. You're right. Excellent advice. Jen Degatano, thank you so much for joining me today. And just wanted to remind everyone, go to rootedelmcoaching.com. Uh, you can find Jen. You can schedule a three 30-minute discovery session. You can sign up for her workshop or back to school. Um, thank you again for coming. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.